just waiting for our deed at the moment, but how are you going? Oh, yeah, not too bad. Um, still on British time zone, hence me saying good morning. Uh, but otherwise, good. Nice. Oh, dear. I do very much thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, some may not care too much about the Tasmanian local council elections, but for I us, don't care nerd. too much. <laughs> Oh, no. I, I do believe there is actually some interesting things there, though, so I'm, I'm quite keen to get into it. It's Look, I'll be completely honest. When it comes to local council elections down here, I'm very much a newcomer, um, and so I can only really provide one lens um, as to what's happened. Ah, uh, oh, our date's arrived. G'day, our date. How are we travelling? Sorry about Can't that. Hear you. Yep, sorry sorry about that. I had a, an internet issue and I just went, told Apricot I was ready and then went really wildly charging in the office, turning off a computer I knew that was chewing stuff and uh, ran back in. So my apologies. Yeah, no problem. That's okay. <laughs> so we might just simply... Jump into it, Anger. Do you want to give, just give us a little bit of an overview on the Tasmanian local council elections? Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this election was a little bit special because they're doing something new for the first time. Yes. Mm. Uh, so this is the first local council election in Tasmania, uh, which has had compulsory voting. Um, now, with that in mind, uh, the uh, rate of return. Uh, is lower than it is generally at an Australian federal election, um, which kind of makes sense for a second-order election. So uh, normally uh, for the federal election, we get around about, I think it's 90 to 95% um, of people uh, showing up and voting. Um, that's not commenting on people who show up and draw a dick on their ballot papers, but the people who do show up is around 90 to 95%. Uh, for this... It was between 80 to 90%. Um, so I think the highest uh, return was around about 88.9% um, and the lowest was around 81%. Now, part of the reason for that is that this was an entirely postal election. Uh, so instead of going to a ballot box, um, if you were on the electoral roll, you'd get a ballot sent to you, you filled it out, uh, you put it into the envelope, they gave it to you and you posted it. Uh, at some point over the month uh, that you got it. Um, I was actually in Europe for most of it. Uh, so I managed to get back down to Sydney just before the end of it. And they said that they couldn't send it to somewhere in Europe, but I managed to get it in Sydney on the Thursday, post it on the Friday, and I think it was um, closed on the Monday or the Tuesday. Uh, oh. So yeah, it's I just squeaked in, but they also sent a ballot to my current address or to where I asked one to be sent in um, Sydney and also to my old address. So I only used one ballot, but I received two. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so there was a, there was a definite uh, date cut off. There wasn't any allowance for mail. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, that the date cutoff was on the Tuesdays and it had to be uh, sent in by the Tuesday uh, because they kept counting it 
um, really until this week, actually. Um, so I don't think we got the final result until Monday uh, of this week. Um, but it had to be mailed by the Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Right. And just on the surface of it, was there anything mm-hmm. that particularly stuck out to you in the results? Um, not really. Uh, so, well, look, before I talk about the results, um, uh, do you mind if I spend a little bit of time talking about the uh, electoral system and how it oh, kind of works okay. out? Yep. Um, so I actually live in the constituency of the federal cl- constituency of Clark, um, which is named after a guy called Andrew Inglis Clark, uh, who if you haven't heard of him, I don't blame you, um, but look him up. He was a really cool guy. He was all about um, women's suffrage back in the late 19th century. Um, so before like a lot of other people were talking about it. Um, and uh, he made some modifications to the hair system uh, of um, proportional representation, which was founded by a British guy called Hair, shockingly, um, which mm. is uh, now the Hair Clark system, or what's referred to as single transferable vote. So that's what we use um, in the Senate in Australia uh, with some modifications for uh, group voting, which they've since abolished, um, and also the Northern Territory and Tasmania for our lower house in the state and for local council elections. Um, Now, the way that that works is I think a lot of people kind of like know vaguely how it works, not exactly how it works, um, is you need a quota in order to be elected. So you've got large constituencies with multiple uh, winners, basically. And that quota um, is the number of votes over the number of candidates plus one plus one. So if you've got, um, sorry, not number of candidates, number of uh, positions available. So if, say, for example, you've got nine councillors that are going to be uh, voted and you've got 100 votes going in, you need 100 divided by uh, nine plus one, so that's 100 divided by 10, so that's 10, plus one, so that's 11, in order to get a quota, in order to be elected. Um, Now, if a, a candidate gets more than a quota, Uh, What happens is that after they've been elected, all of their votes will transfer to their second preferences, but at a lower transfer value. So instead of their vote being worth one, let's say, for example, that the quota was 10 and someone got 15 votes, um, two thirds of everyone's vote went into that 10, and then a third of everyone's votes goes to their second preferences. Uh, So the transfer value from that is one over three. Um, So you end up with, uh, and that's how you kind of, when you look at the Senate results, you end up with people getting point something, something of a vote uh, and kind of going, well, how does that work? And like, that's kind of how that kind of sorts itself out. So anyone who gets over a quota, and that's generally not very many people, but anyone who gets over a quota, they are elected. Uh, The person with the biggest um, uh, overhang their votes get transferred until you keep going until everyone's uh, with more than a quota is done. And then you start going from the bottom up. So the person with the least amount of votes gets eliminated. All of their votes then transfer at the full value to their second preferences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until eventually you get all of the positions filled. Um, now, in Tasmania, there what, are... How, what... Uh, what, what um, I'd like to see that explained on television. 
Yes, um, I. That's, on this... that's like I was. I to, to be honest, I was losing you a little bit there. And where where I lost you a bit, I'm, I might be. Uh, if you're possibly about to make it obvious, uh, it, it sounded as though the person who got over the quota, yeah, and won, then yep. their votes got transferred. So you're you're talking about in. Uh, where you're trying to determine multiple positions, not just a single seat. Yes, that's right. So single transferable ah, okay, vote. Okay, okay, yep. Yeah. Single transferable vote uh, only works uh, or is only for uh, seats which have multiple winners. Um, so, for example, the Hobart City Council, uh, there were 44 candidates um, and there were 12 positions uh, available. Uh, so the quota was... The amount of electors, which was about 39,000, divided by 13, so that's 12 plus 1, uh, plus 1, um, which, let's see down here, is 2,363. So, uh, and there were only, um, I think, two people who got over that. So uh, Anna Reynolds, uh, who was also elected as the mayor, she got 4,266 votes. Um, so that's 1.81 quotas. Basically, what happens right. is that all of her votes will then flow on to their second preference, um, but you divide uh, each vote. Instead of it's one, it's one over um, – I should have done a mess on this before. I think it's one over 1.81. Um, so that's – no, it's one minus one over 1.81. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, it's oh, a mathematical I'm not, thing. I'm not going to correct you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it's probably going to be worth around about forty percent. So around forty percent of each of the um, of uh, each of the votes for Anna will then transfer over to whoever uh, had they had a second on their ballot paper. Um, and then the same thing would happen to uh, John Kelly, who was the only other person who got above one quota. And then from there on, it goes from the person with the smallest amount of votes um, up to the largest, which I think was uh cadence mitchell with 32 votes so um, that so, percentage yeah. that percentage of uh of, of votes that's that's passed down is actually determined by the amount over the quota rather than something arbitrarily decided by a group of bureaucrats is that yes. correct yes that's ah, right okay okay yep yep um, and the uh, this is uh, one of the big differences that um, uh, Andrew Inglis Clark made to his system. Uh, so before it was you count votes for someone, and as soon as you finish, uh, as, like, as soon as they hit that quota, from then on in, every single person who would have voted for them first gets their second preference, and their vote goes there. But that means that you can end up with different results based on uh, which order the votes are counted in. Um, so that was one of the things Clark changed uh, in order to make the system fairer and more democratic. Huh. Okay. Yeah, look, I, I I pity the person has, who has to explain that to uh, the, the average voter like me, but uh, and I couldn't repeat it back to you. It's... However, the fact that you say that uh, the response of the people determines ratios and how things are passed on, I find that appealing. It's a lot easier in a visual medium as opposed to an audio medium. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, if I had a piece of paper and you were sitting in front of me, I'm sure I could explain it much better. 
Well, look, I tell you what, if if you've got something uh, straightforward, uh, it, once we're finished here, if you don't mind posting it in the uh, the the chat or like posting in the replies to this uh, talk for people who want to investigate it further, that'd be great. I'll see if I can find something. Yeah, no worries. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so that's our voting system. Uh, now there's 29 uh, councils in Tasmania, which um, seems like a lot, um, and it is, uh, considering we've only got five, um, uh, whatever they're called, uh, federal constituencies. Uh, so uh, out of those 29 council areas, there are 263 councillors. Um, most of the council areas have nine, um, but it ranges between seven and 12 uh, council people for each constituency. Um, the largest one is Launceston, which has 29,000 people, no, sorry, 49,000 people in it. Um, the smallest one is Flinders, uh, which has 834. Uh, so there's, it's a bit kind of weird. And there's actually, um, since 2015, there's been a movement to amalgamate some of the councils. Um, and the reason for this is, oddly enough, not efficiency. Um, amalgamating councils, uh, they've worked out from studies in various places where this has been done, uh, isn't cheaper, um, but you do end up with a better um, uh, return for the people living there. Um, their services in general get improved. Uh, so that's kind of what they started looking at. They wrote a report on it, which they have come out between 2016 and 2018, and that's the last official thing that I've seen about it, I'm sure that people are still talking about it um, mm -hmm. in political circles, but that's as far as I could find on the internet about it. So, yep. Uh, and how are they uh, how are they measuring that in regards to the the, the success of delivering uh, services and benefits to to people uh, in the amalgamated areas up on the mainland? Uh, it's not just in the mainland, actually. It's um, They've looked at studies in different parts of the world uh, as well. Um, and I could not tell you off the top of my head, um, but I will stick the reports um, from the Tasmanian uh, Department of something uh, in the uh, chat, or sorry, in the um, comments afterwards. So if people want to peruse them, they can kind of like have a look through. Um, but oh, the reports look, are all from good. between 2016 and 2018. So... It's doing the normal kind of thing of taking a lot longer than it really should have. Um, okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, as I said, uh, there was uh, turnout was between 80 and 90%. Um, and turnout previously was between 60 and 65% in 2018. So it's improved about 20 to 25% um, based on making uh, it compulsory, which is, I think, pretty good. Not fantastic, mm -hmm. but pretty good. And I think when a bunch of people get fines after this kind of thing, they'll go, oh, I may, I'm definitely going to try and vote next time, um, or I'll try and remember. Um, the ballot papers I found to be interesting. Uh, so uh, I live in Hobart, uh, and so on my ballot paper, there were 44 names uh, for the council um, and about uh, a dozen each for um, mayor and deputy mayor as well. Um, the way the mayor and deputy mayor election work is that you can win that, but if you're not a council member, then you don't win. 
so, uh, and to be fair, almost everyone who wins, I don't think there's been a case where someone uh, has won the mayor or the deputy mayor position, but hasn't won the council position. And so has ended up being um, not winning and it's flowed to the second winner. Um, but uh, it is technically possible to do that. Um, well, in... I, okay. I, again, look, it's it's interesting to get the technicalities on this tonight. Yep, just clarify, sure. just just clarify what you're meaning by that. So, you, you you said there's those two positions where they both have to be a member of the council. Are you saying that the election, as it is now, you have to be elected in this election to the council? Yes, that's right. You can... So are you essentially casting uh, a, a vote for the one person twice? Uh, yes, but you've got three different ballot papers. So you've got a ballot paper for the council, a ballot paper for the Lord Mayor, and a ballot paper for the Deputy Mayor. So, for uh, example... Okay, yep, yep. So uh, there were 11 names on the Lord Mayor uh, ballot paper. Um, and the two people came down to, uh, Anna Reynolds and John Kelly, um, they were both uh, elected to council um, and Anna Reynolds won. And so she's now on the council and the Lord Mayor. Um, of the other 11, uh, I think one, two, three, four of them. Yeah, four of them ended up um, being elected and well, maybe it's only 10. Um, but two or three of them, I. Uh, both didn't win Lord Mayor and also didn't win a uh, council seat. Uh, mm -hmm. So if they had won uh, the Lord Mayor, but they hadn't won the council seat, um, they would have been out of the running uh, for the Lord Mayor. And so uh, their votes would have then flowed onto their second preferences and it would have worked out from that. So they would have been eliminated mm -hmm. first kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit weird. Um, it was explained to me by um, one of the uh, councilmen actually. Um, and his explanation kind of like didn't really stick in my head and because it doesn't really make that much sense the way it's organized, but whatever. <laughs> um, I think the way they do it, they just kind of run the election as normal and in a very, very, very unlikely situation where someone becomes the mayor but doesn't get a council seat, uh, then they'll have to just like take them off and then rerun the election again, but that almost never happens. Um, right. Okay, uh, so what was I going to say next? Yes, the ballot paper. Um, so uh, as you know, um, I'm a member of the Greens. And one of the things that I found really quite irritating is that the ballot paper didn't have party affiliations on it. Now, you don't have to affiliate with a party oh, wow. uh, to run. Um, I, and in fact, most people don't. So for example, uh, let's see, what's his name? Will Coates. Uh, who ran in the federal election as the liberal candidate um, and run, um, I think it was about 15% uh, of the vote uh, in Clark. Um, he ran uh, as a uh, to be a councilman um, and uh, wasn't elected, actually. Uh, so he got 10,000 votes uh, for the federal district of Clark, which is... Hobart, Anglin, Orkey put together. So you could divide that by two and say well, about 5,000 votes. Um, but for the local council, uh, he only got 480 votes. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you don't have uh, affiliations on the ballot paper. Um, now, I think this also 
This doesn't just work against the poor old liberals. Um, it also works against the Greens because the Greens are the only party that actually um, affiliates and says these are Green um, members who are running, uh, who uh, are you know part of the Green kind of team at all levels of government. Um, and uh, two Green uh, uh, council people were elected um, uh, in Hobart. That's Bill Harvey and uh, Helen Burnett, who's also the deputy Lord Mayor. Uh, but not having it on the ballot paper, I think, kind of detracted uh, from uh, that possible vote, um, which could have been out there. Now, you did get a booklet with the voting material, with a statement from all of the candidates. There were 44 candidates. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> this, this, this is a bloody comprehensive freaking council. Election. How many people do you oh. think read that booklet all the way through? I didn't. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, it's uh, and this is the other thing as well is that it could be a photo of the person, the person's name, and then the statement afterwards. So even there, if you were a member of a party, you couldn't put the party logo next to your face. Uh, so it's. I find it. It's a little. I find I think the results would have been quite different if people had known party affiliations. Um, now, whether or not this is a good or a bad thing, uh, it could be very much up to the candidate as to whether or not they wanted to affiliate with the party. Like Will Coates could have been like, you know what, I don't think the Liberals get that many votes here. Uh, but um, the Greens do because first they want people to know that they're Greens so that they can go, oh, well, look, I like the Greens, I'm going to vote for them. But also, like, it is honest in terms of like it's just a bunch of names uh i don't i'm a green i don't want someone to vote for nathan wolf because it's a cool name mm -hmm. if they're a liberal voter and they don't want to give their votes to the greens so um it's kind of i think it would advantage the greens but i honestly kind of think it would be good for everyone if you could put party affiliations on the ballot papers as well anyway oh, um any comments at this point? <laughs> yeah, look, there, there was there was I met that to, 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 I, I'm surprised at the level of complexity. We actually we did have a couple of comments when you were talking about the uh, the the the, uh, the 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 quotas and the formation. We did have a comment from uh, Hit Your Shots Kid uh, who said, "Man is talking about ultimate team." I don't know what that reference is, but I'm assuming. Uh, I'm assuming you know apricot. It sounds it's, it sounds something about two decades below my pay grade. Um, no, and we've I'm also <laughs> now I also don't know this one, but you you may well know this. Uh, Anger, uh, holy uh, Asaya Gov said. Quick question: Did Mike from Midway Furniture win a seat because he said it on the radio? Oh, Is that <laughs> Is that um, winning any? Is that ringing any bells for you, or is that a? No, but I can a, very quickly look it up. Um, Midway furniture. I hear that, and I'm like, is this some joke that I'm too mainlander to understand? Oh, uh, that, um, look, that's that's what I thought, and I saw that I saw that uh, Holly is uh, I say a gov is is in the audience with their their hand up and they're sticking around, so I I figured it was a a reasonable. Uh, reasonable question okay so orbiston is devonport so i'd assume that'd be devonport city um there are no mics uh in devonport city 
Oh, it's just out of Devonport. Oh, God damn it. Um, what's just the left of Devonport? <laughs> uh, just like just while I'm um uh it looks like Central Coast. Just while I'm commenting on this, I I do want to kind of point out I love some of the names. Um, so uh, you know, generally, yeah, Clarence City, Hobart City, Glenorchy City, fine. Um, the West Coast uh, Council is called West Coast. The East Coast Council is called Break a Day. Ha! Break a day. <laughs> because <laughs> they get the break of day first, I guess. And <laughs> sure. Oh, is that is is that an O O with a an, uh, a a single O point, apostrophe or? day? Uh, <laughs> well, why right. why not? Actually, look, Central I, I do have. I, I do have, while you're you're looking looking that up if you can multitask yep. and, and think yeah, about sure. this. One of the uh, comments that I I do have is, what is it that you think is so has has captured the attention about this uh, Tasmanian local election race this year? I, I mean, to to, to I be to no be perfectly idea. honest, I I. I I couldn't have given couldn't have given two hoots about Tasmania or any other state. In fact, even in the other <laughs> any, even in the other city, but it's really been it. It's had a fair bit of exposure. It's been something that has actually hit the mainstream media. What's have a speculate? Okay, so uh, this is kind of interesting because looking at all of the races, um, most of them the amount of candidates has been less than double the amount of councillors. So uh, that means that if you were running, um, you had a greater than 50% chance of being elected, uh, which kind of makes me feel that it's not a particularly close contest um, in a lot of places. Like the big cities, uh, well, quote unquote big cities for Tasmania, um, like Launceston and Hobart and Clarence and Glenorchy, like you had more. Um, but uh, I think there was at least one. Let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, so the Southern Midlands Council, there were seven councillors. There were eight candidates running, um, which <laughs> meant that Bob Campbell uh, lost by, uh, it looks like, 15 votes. Um, which is kind of amazing. But then there was uh, another, if I can find it. Um, yeah, so uh, King Island Council. So uh, Tasmania's got those two islands uh, chains um, on the, yep. like, kind of towards the mainland. The one on the left is King Island. Um, yep. There were nine councillors. There were only eight candidates. So they were all elected. Uh, hmm. And then they had to have a councillor vacancy runoff election. Now, the good thing about King Island is there's only 1,100 people who live there, so it was pretty easy to organise, I assume. Um, but it's like it's again one of those things where it seems like there's more um, a, a media attention given to this than it really kind of warrants. Um, now, with that in mind, uh, Tasmania historically has been quite conservative um so i was actually uh looking through a bit of bob brown's um one of bob brown's books the other day and when he was saying when he was a teenager um they abolished the death penalty for gay people and i was just like oh that 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 was really recent in our history 
um in the 70s when he came out the uh mm. um the punishment for uh sleeping with someone of the same sex uh was 21 years in prison uh so uh just over the past 40 years tasmania has gotten much more left-wing uh than it used to be um although it is still kind of somewhat conservative compared to the rest of australia um, but especially in places like Hobart, we now have a majority progressive council. Uh, so, well, kind of. Um, so we've got six definitely progressive, uh, five definitely um, kind of conservative, and one kind of in the middle in that he hasn't been on council before, so we don't really know which way he's going to go, but we think it's going to be progressive. But, yeah, we'll have to see how he votes and, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Anna Reynolds, the um, Lord Mayor, uh, used to run as a Green um, before she started running as an Independent. Um, she actually worked for Bob Brown for a while. Um, uh, Helen Burnett, the Deputy Mayor, is a Green. Um, there's uh, um, Bill Harvey is also a Green on council. Um, so that's uh, half the progressive kind of element right there, Green as opposed to Labour. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, we are kind of seeing especially in some of the big cities, like a swing towards that and out of the big cities, I think it tends to be less uh, party politics um, right. uh, and the people who are more right wing uh, or more conservative um, aren't doing the weird um, uh, conservative culture warrior stuff. They're more like, well, no, we should be only doing local council things. Uh, so yeah, it, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure why it became a big thing. Um, one interesting thing I will point out, though, um, Clarence, uh, let's just bring it up. Uh, so uh, Clarence has 12 councillors, um, just elected Jade Darko. Uh, so Jade Darko uh, ran as the Greens candidate for um, Lions, I think that electorate is called. Franklin, maybe? I think it's Franklin, um, uh, whatever it is, over the river, uh, uh, for the Greens. Um, and uh, the election before that uh, ran under her um, previous name when she identified as a man. Uh, so uh, that makes her the first elected trans uh, councillor in Tasmania. Oh, right. Um, yep. Although not the first uh, Australia-wide. Uh, so I think there was um, a woman in Kalgoorlie 30 years ago uh, who was trans, uh, who was elected as a councilwoman there. Um, and there's another green council person who came, uh, who transitioned while they were uh, on council. Um, so it went from he to they to she, uh, I think, over the past couple of council terms. Uh, look, you made it, you did make a... A, a, a comment there that you were talking about the uh, so the, the the city and then the the uh, the conservative bent outside the city, but the the point that you you made and I think the term you used was was culture warrior that and saying that they're not sort of pushing that. Are you are you finding that there's a more of a uh, sort of social progressive um, level of activism in the cities and we're not seeing that outside the, the cities and whether or not, the, and if that is mirroring what we're sort of seeing on state and federal levels. Um, 
So this is to a certain extent me spitballing a little because uh, I yep. don't know yep. the um, all of the kind of details of this, uh, but I'd say that uh, the culture warrior stuff is a pushback to the progressiveness that does exist in uh, urban uh, districts. Um, so uh, if you find a kind of conservative constituency outside that, um, then they might more likely to vote liberal or national or even one nation um, on a federal level. But on the local council level, they're really not pushing those same kind of uh, issues because it's a relatively homogenous kind of area. Um, uh, would be my guess. Uh, so I'd say that's kind of why you don't see those issues being played out in the rural parts of Tasmania quite so much. Um, okay. I will uh, kind of uh, just throw out one other thing that I forgot to mention. Um, the Greens uh, went from having uh, six affiliated council members before the election uh, to now having 11. Uh, so they got an additional six um, and lost one. Uh, but uh, this kind of doesn't tell the entire story because, as I said, there are people who were, aren't affiliated with the Greens who nevertheless are, you know, um, have been affiliated with Greens in the past or um, have kind of the same values and work with the Greens at various points. Um, but also, uh, I don't think the Greens run in all of the local councils. Uh, so while we did have a roundabout, um, I think it was... 24 or so people running um that's significantly less like that's even less than the amount of councils in tasmania uh so we just definitely didn't have one in every council mm -hmm. if you don't mind just out of my own kind of personal curiosity you mentioned yeah, hobart city council before um with yeah. uh bill harvey and helen burnett the two greens there and yeah. how helen burnett uh became the deputy mayor mm -hmm. this this could just be my ignorance but I was under the impression that of the two, Helen Burnett was the more locally popular one, but uh, they yes. decided to run Bill Harvey as the mayoral candidate. Was like that seems a bit weird. I mean, if... when you say they decided to run, uh, Bill decided to run. Uh, oh, okay. and, uh, <laughs> he has before as well um, a couple of times. This is actually one of the reasons uh, I believe. Um, so now this is like descended into gossip. Um, but uh, I believe this is one of the reasons that Anna Reynolds isn't uh, affiliated with the Greens anymore, is that there was a election where both she and Bill wanted to run as mayor, um, and uh, the Greens kind of went, well, we're only going to endorse one of you, and Anna kind of went, you know what, I'm going to go independent. Um, and she did, and was very successful, and she's been mayor ever since, um, and Bill hasn't, uh, <laughs> which, take from that what you will. Um, Helen, uh, this is, I think, the second or third time she's run as deputy mayor. So she was uh, before the election and she is still deputy mayor afterwards. And she actually won with a much greater um, uh, uh, margin. So um, Anna got 53.41 on the two candidate preferred um, against mm. John Kelly, who's uh, more right wing. Um, and for deputy, uh, Helen got uh 61.13 um against simon baracus who's also quite right wing um it makes me wonder so, what would have happened had helen run as a mayor uh possibly um but you can only run as mayor or deputy mayor uh, oh i see yeah yeah uh so i i think she's 
uh, they were quite happy as a kind of like double team um, between uh, Anna as mayor and Helen as deputy. Wow. Yeah, thank you for that. No worries. So maybe just before we wrap up for the night, I might also just ask, councils in Tasmania, um, from my view, are often described as having like a left-right split. Um, in just eyeballing it, essentially, has there been a shift either way at this election, kind of holistically? It is impossible to tell. Um, <laughs> it's uh, especially not at this point. Uh, the way to find out how um, councillors kind of vote or affiliate or lean um, is by watching all the things that they vote on or by asking them whether or not they're part of a political party or asking a political party who they endorse. And that involves a lot of phone calls and things like that. Um, we've actually got a comment uh, from uh, Holy Isagov, which says, when I'm looking through the candidates, there are too many to pick. So I pick the ones I know. And then whoever has a massage and go random after that point, LMAO, hmm. which, <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, and I also have a moustache, so um, thank you for your endorsement, I guess. Uh, um, I, but he's also said, um, Orshi uh, has said, when it comes to Tasmanian conservatism, when it came to gun laws around the 90s, I think Tasmania and I think Queensland were the main states blocking any reform against assault rifles and other weapons. However, after the scars of Brian's awful actions in Port Arthur affected Tasmania so much, they immediately shifted from gun nuts to mass reform and hand-ins. Um, I can't comment on that. Do either of you know too much about that? No, unfortunately. No, I look to, to be honest, I, uh, I, I screen, I did take a screenshot of that because I thought I haven't heard that one before. And there's probably a whole, uh, roll full of L foil, um, in, <laughs> in there, but so, look, uh, who knows? <laughs> The one thing I will say about that is that I can't speak for, you know, the rest of Tasmania, of course, um, but uh, for a couple of years um, before uh, the Port Arthur massacre, um, uh, the Greens had been pushing for gun reform uh, in Tasmania in specific and Australia in general. Um, although I think that might have something to do with the fact that someone tried to shoot Bob Brown once. So, yeah. Ah, yeah, that might have... Uh colored opinions of it <laughs> yeah um yeah. yeah any other comments um no i think that's it from me what about you adi no look i it, it was look i suppose my my main comment is uh the the, the level of of seeming complexity uh that has to be explained for it uh, for, for the elections and and how that actually translates to the you know the average voter on the street, particularly as it's uh, compulsory this this year, uh, I do find it. I, I I asked the question about uh, why it was so interesting because I do find it. I find it interesting that uh, that people have been. Uh, it seems to have captured captured a lot of attention the uh, the, the elections down there. Uh, Look, I suppose the other comment I I had was the 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 creeping in, and Tasmania is by no means alone on this, but the the creeping in of the party affiliations at the uh, at the council levels. Now, obviously, you've always had 
uh, that you know it's been going on for for decades it seems to become more prevalent and it seems to become a little bit of an echo of state and federal as opposed to uh more of a a a communal uh people working together for the community it seems to become a a launching pad for the state and then the federal elections and it's not just tasmania it applies to other things i don't know that i don't know how comfortable i am with local councils being used as a, a springboard for state and federal aspirations and ambitions rather than a mechanism to serve the the local community that's one of it's one of the sort of the last last bastions of where you can go eye to eye with your leader on the the you know, leader in brackets in quotes we can go eye to eye with them on the street uh and actually get something done it's yeah it's look it's, it's a personal thing i'm not i'm not completely comfortable with that i think i am actually going to have to disagree with you here rd because while I would agree with you that local councils are becoming more party affiliated as time goes on, I also think it's actually particularly prevalent in Tasmania. Um, Tasmania, especially in their upper house, is known for having independence. But um, I, either they're on the verge or they just now have a majority party affiliated people in that upper house now. Um, the thing is, more people openly running as party-endorsed candidates to me is just an acceptance of the status quo. Like, all those independents that have been on council previously often already have been members of political parties. They're just running as independents. So, and I don't know, I think I just prefer my councillors to be a bit honest about their affiliations. It's, I would like the option to be able to state your affiliation. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean that uh, if someone is affiliated with a party that they have to, uh, but I'd like you to be able to say that on the ballot paper so that people can say, oh, yeah, they're green, I probably agree with them, or they're Labour, I probably agree with that, or they're Clive Palmer's United Australia Party, I agree with that. Um, but the ability to be able to state uh, what your party affiliation, I think, means that voters don't have to do all of the trolling to try and work out who they actually want to vote for out of 44 possible candidates. Um, mm -hmm. It's I think it's going to be quite interesting to see uh, what the percentage of spoiled ballots were uh, in this election throughout all of Tasmania because of that. Um, because, frankly, I mean, maybe you see one or two people. I, and how many exhausted ballots as well? Um, I mean, I only, I think, wrote in about 12 or 15 people and I had to ask someone who is local to tell me about a few of them. Um, so, yeah, we'll see kind of what ends up happening there. The one thing that I will kind of um, say, uh, Ardeet, is that the there was a expectation among some of the Greens that we were going to have a decent night because uh, what with more younger people voting, uh, because of compulsory uh, voting, um, you'd probably, the Greens were more likely to pick up a large proportion of that than uh, they had previously done. And that didn't happen as far as I can see. Um, like we did win more seats, but we didn't do as well as you would expect given the uh, federal or state uh, level of support for the Greens. Uh, so again, I'm kind of like, 
I'm a little bit uh, annoyed at the fact that you cannot state your party affiliation if you want to. Oh, mm-hmm. look, to, 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 that, that to me paints a, a, a negative case. And the reason it paints a negative case for mm-hmm. me is you, you made that comment that you had to ask a couple of people about what the, to, to get a bit of information about other candidates. It seems to me that placing your affiliation on there means that you get into this mentality of, okay, I vote I vote federal greens, I vote state greens, okay, local councils, I'll, I'll vote greens. And I suppose for I suppose for me, the local councils are essentially the last bastion of true representation where you can actually impact something in a direct manner for you. I mean, voting for, you know, some bureaucrat in... Canberra, who is you know, lobbyists in their ears and thousands of miles or thousands of kilometers removed from you, mean it is a very distant thing, but it's it's a very intimate, direct, and immediate thing voting for your local council. And my personal opinion is I think introducing that level of state and federal politics is a, a, a corruption and a bit of a in some ways, a bit of a social perversion of what the local councils, in my opinion, ideally should be doing. Okay, yes, but, and I, <laughs> I think that we could be here for a very long time kind of continuing with this. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I, but I will just say one thing, uh, which is that there's a lot of people who um, I know were running uh, who are affiliated with the Liberal Party um, and with big business and with like a lot of things that, that kind of entails, um, who, uh, having read their things in the booklet, no comment about it whatsoever. Um, it, where it'd be basically impossible to kind of like see what their priorities and their values actually are. And this is the entire um, point. Well, okay, this is not the entire point, but this is one of the useful things about political parties is that they are a shorthand in knowing what the values of the person who is represented by that party is um, and what kind of things they are likely to support or not. So, for example, the Greens down here have talked a lot about the housing crisis um, and about dealing with uh, what's euphemistically returned to as short-term rentals, which is Airbnb. Um, That is something that I know they'll be fighting for on council. I would like to know which ones those are if I'm struggling to pay rent. Uh, when I'm voting, but there's no real way to know apart from reading the 44-page document. And sure, I can do that. But also, I could also accidentally vote for a couple of liberals in the mix as well because they've written the right kind of things that say, yeah, we're really worried about the housing crisis, but their solution is not to regulate Airbnb, which can be done at a local council level. So... Yeah, look, that's a that's a that's a fair comment. I I, I understand your point. I I can I can see that argument. Yeah, I can see your argument as well. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ah, thank you very much, Holly. Uh, Mike has indeed been elected. Oh, cool, awesome. Um, I, Mike, who? midway furniture. 
Yes, what? Mike from Midway Furniture. Oh, Midway Furniture, the infamous Mike from Midway Furniture. Who, I, I'm. What's his last name? Central uh, quote: it, Who's just been elected? Who, who's in Central Coast? Smith. That is Michael Smith. Ah, Central Coast. Okay, cool. I don't think I looked at that one. Um, wait, hold on a second. Central Coast. No, I, oh, I'm looking at Central Highlands. Cool. Yep. All right, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think we might wrap up for tonight. Thank you once again, Anger, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have your insights. Thank you for having me, Apricot and Ardeen. That's great. That's good. Thank you for being here. All right. Everyone have a great night. Cheers. Going to get back to the scotch. <laughs> good move. <laughs> See, See you.